0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Have a group of distinguished scientists taken paranormal research to a new level? What breakthroughs have they made by acknowledging our multidimensional reality? What are
1: the contact modalities? The 951st edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Coming to you from W O O N A M AM and FM Radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live, on YouTube, and via TuneIn.com. I'm Rick Eno, sitting in for my cousin Ben today, and those brainy questions came from my co-host and cousin Paul. Today, we welcome back a distinguished friend and one of our regular guest co-hosts.
0: Now, I want to mention that that today is, of course, Father's Day, so Happy Father's Day all around. Um, Any fool can become a father. It takes love, honor, and commitment to to duty to actually be one. In these times of militant narcissism, as I call it, those qualities are hard to come by, and society kind of looks it. And what's the greatest thing a father can do for his children? Love their mother. Anyway, let's uh, welcome our guest. Ray Hernandez is director of the Consciousness and Contact Research Institute, uh, or CCRI, and we refer to that because around here that means Community College of Rhode Island, but that's not <laughs> what we're talking about today. Uh, a not-for-profit academic research organization composed of, uh, and Ray can correct me on this because the numbers keep growing, 20 PhD academics and four medical doctors, whose mission is to explore the relationship between consciousness, cosmology, and contact with non-human intelligence via the contact modalities. CCRI has uh, been engaged in a five-year academic research study on this topic, sounds like Star Trek, a 2,000-page two, book entitled A Greater Reality, The New Paradigm of Local Consciousness, the Paranormal and the Contact Modalities, is to be released in August. Ray was the founder of the Dr. Edgar E. Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary uh, Encounters, or FREE, which also produced a huge book, Beyond UFOs, The Science of Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. A practicing tax attorney, Ray graduated with honors from Rutgers College, was master's candidate at Cornell University and doctoral candidate at the University of California at Berkeley, where he received the National Science Foundation Fellowship. Ray Hernandez,
1: welcome back to Behind the Paranormal.
2: Thank you very much for inviting me again, and happy Father's Day to both of you and to all the uh, audience members.
1: Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, this is the one day of the year I supposedly get to do nothing. However, I have a feeling I'd rather spend it doing something with my family. So, <laughs> Ray, Ray um, what are the origins of CCRI, and who are some of the researchers who are
2: well, CCRI uh, began after uh the mission uh was accomplished uh with the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation. The objective of that organization was to undertake the world's first um, comprehensive academic statistical worldwide research study of individuals that had seen UFOs and have had some type of contact experience with a non-human intelligence. And uh, we spent five years uh, doing that research and um, at the end of it all, we published an 820 page book titled "Beyond UFOs: The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-human Intelligence." And that book is available on Amazon. And um, but the reason why we did that study in the first place was not that our organization was interested in only UFOs. We knew that the UFO phenomenon was part of an integrated phenomenon with other the other contact modalities, and I'll define that in a couple of minutes. But there was uh, lots of data on near-death experiencers. Um, there were many books that were written on that topic, lots of statistical research. Uh, there was also many books that have been written about um, um, out-of-body experiences, um, uh, not as many as the NDEs, but certainly a lot. And then the people that had uh, communicated with the deceased via either mediumship, channeling, or... Or um, uh, other other forms of contact with the deceased, uh, literally hundreds of those types of books. But when it came to actual actual statistical data on the UFO contact phenomenon, there was uh, little to none. Uh, the little was uh, Dr. Kenneth Ring did a published a statistical study that he did in 1996. And that uh, book was titled uh, The Omega Project, where he compared 85 individuals that had UFO uh, contact experiences with 85 people that had NDEs. And that was uh, pretty much it. Uh, Kathleen Martin had done a study of only 50 people. Uh, she only asked 50 questions, and she only uh, utilized individuals that had an abduction experience. And what we subsequently learned in our research study was, the abduction uh, uh, phenomenon was a very small percentage of the people that actually had UFO contact experiences. So uh, in other words, there was little to no data on the phenomenon. And so what we found out um, by uh, our research study uh, pretty much contradicts what is circulating in the field of ufology. Um, and I can go into those details later on. And uh, one of the main uh, findings was that this phenomenon was um, pretty much a paranormal phenomenon instead of a physicalist phenomenon. While individuals have seen UFOs, while they've seen perceived physical beings, the overwhelming majority uh, of their experiencers were basically paranormal in nature. So that's why we had to... Uh, um, expand the study further to be able to study um, what I call the contact modalities and its relationship uh with consciousness what is the uh the nature of our reality and i know paul has been studying this link for for 50 years
1: um, ray uh you coined the term uh contact modalities correct that's correct Okay, could you just uh, give a few examples for our audience of, of what they may be?
2: Well, um, the the very simple definition of the contact modalities are all the different ways that humans are piercing the veil of our reality and having contact with higher forms of intelligence, i.e. non-human intelligence. And uh, examples are uh, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, astral traveling, uh, people who see UFOs, uh, people that uh, have seen deceased people, people that communicate with the deceased, uh, either mediumship, channeling, et cetera, remote viewing, um, and various forms of the ESP, um, hallucinogenic journeys, I prefer the term entheogenic journeys, because these are not hallucinations, um, et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, we at the CCRI, the Consciousness and Contact Research Institute, uh, believe in two hypotheses. One, first of all, is that uh, all of us um, perceive that consciousness is fundamental. What that means, basically, in a nutshell, is that what we perceive as our physical reality is not our true reality. There's something underneath, something a little bit more complicated behind it. And then secondly, that all of the contact modalities, uh, those phenomenon that I described earlier, that they are all somehow interrelated, and they need to be studied not as separate and distinct phenomenon, but as one integrated phenomenon, again, under the rubric
0: of consciousness. Okay, we've set the stage now for the uh, talking about uh, that, that rather amazing project <clears throat> that I'm very proud to be involved with, well, let's go back, Ray, to what got you interested in the subject in the first place, because you, as I understand it, were an unreconstructed atheist. Okay. <laughs> and uh we have a question here from, of course, uh uh Bogota, Colombia, and our, our good friend Peter Shelley, who was an occasional co-host here. Rick, do you have that, those questions? Um, Not at hand. Okay, because, uh, well, I'll ask them. It's traditional for Ben, too, but we'll uh break with tradition here. Uh, so this is um, uh, for Ray. Regarding the event where you were in your car taken to another reality, can you describe the visual environment you found yourself in? Were you in a building? <coughs> excuse, me. Were, were, excuse me. Were you in outer space? Please paint us a picture. Were there any objects?
2: Okay. Um, first of all, uh, that occurred in uh, May of 2013. By that date, I, ha- have ha- I had approximately a year and a half of paranormal experiences. I had been calling down various uh, uh, UAPs. Uh, I had been seeing shadow beings in my house. Uh, I've been having um, out-of-body experiences. Uh, and all of this started uh, by seeing an energy being in my living room with my wife, on March uh, the 4th of 2012 where this energy being um, made my wife disappear, the dog disappear, and we were going to be euthanizing our dog later that afternoon. And this energy being put me to sleep for about an hour, and then when I woke up, my wife was uh, dancing around the living room, saying that the angels cured her. The angels cured her. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> and so, and the dog was running around the entire living room. This is a dog that we were going to be putting to sleep later that afternoon. So that's how my experiences began. Now, to answer that question, after a year and a half of having these um, these paranormal uh, experiences, um, that day I was going to work uh, in Miami. Uh, At 8.30 in the morning, I was listening to a radio interview, and all of a sudden, I was not in the car. Um, Initially, I was pure mind. Um, There were no physical surroundings. And then, uh, little by little, um, I appeared to be inside a cartwheel. And I was in the center of the cartwheel, and I saw these various different spokes, and then um, slowly, inside each of these spokes, videos appeared. They were all different. And then, uh, what I uh, when I looked at each one, I got a download of information about what that was about. And those were the contact modalities. I would look at a video and all of a sudden I knew that was about near-death experiences. The next spoke, there was a video and then with all the information download and I knew that was about out-of-body experiences and astral travel. I would look at the next one that was about UFOs and the UFO contact phenomenon, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it took me through, uh, uh maybe eight di- uh, different uh, phenomena and, um at the end of it all, it told me uh, it wasn't a voice. It was just straight information that these are all of the different ways that humans are communicating with us. Um, humans um, uh, believe that they're all separate and distinct, but they're not. It's all one phenomenon, and the glue—that's the—that's the the term that came in, uh, into my mind. And the glue that's holding it all together, humans are calling it consciousness. But in fact, what it is, is the fabric of our reality. And then it told me that I needed to do something. It said, you need to inform humanity of the relationship between us, the spirit world, and consciousness. Um, and then it told me I'm going to need some help. Uh, the help, uh, I have to be individuals with minimal ego. And um, And boom, I was back in my car. Uh, with, uh, no time had elapsed. The interview was still going. Uh, didn't even skip a second. And then I was like freaking out, uh, trying to determine what happened to me. So the, the seeds of, um, of what I needed to do were planted, uh, during that experience. And it was, uh, within four, uh, 50 hours from that experience, I was at the home of Dr. Edgar Mitchell. And that's where the Free Foundation was formed.
0: Yeah, Apollo 16 astronaut.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 14. Apollo 14 oh,
0: astronaut. Oh, 14. Yeah. Well, he's, he's yeah. been on the show. Uh, the, the late Dr. Mitchell. I'm sorry to say. Yes. Uh, <clears> that's <throat> just a practical question there. Uh, Ray, cause I think of these things. Were you driving while that occurred? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and you didn't pancake oh. any manatees or anything?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> because I was literally taken outside of space time. And um, you've probably have spoken with many individuals that have had missing time. People were Actually, driving yes. their,
0: yeah.
2: people were driving their cars, and all of a sudden they would appear, you know, three or four hours later, all the way on the other side of the city. And they said to, to themselves, you know, how in the hell did I get here? And look, it's nighttime <laughs> when I was driving; it was daytime. So there are literally hundreds of these types of experiences. And, and, uh, they've already been flushed out in many radio shows, many interviews, and even in our surveys, uh, uh we adequately described that phenomenon. So, it's not like, uh, my experiences was, was unusual. What was unusual was the particulars of that experience. It, it really was like an astral travel experience, where well, I was literally brought to another multi-dimensional reality and, and given uh, this information, but that whatever this intelligence is, I call it the mind of God, it also put in front of me within those 50 hours, Mary Rodwell, Dr. Rudy Shields, and Edgar Mitchell, individual who I never, three individuals who I never spoken to before, um, it put me in, in communication with them within 50 hours. And so the four of us became the co-founders of the Dr. Egan Mitchell Free Foundation. And again, um, you could talk to Rudy, interview Rudy. You could interview Mary Rodwell, ask her that question, yep. and they'll, they'll substantiate it. You know, yep. it, it's hard—it's hard to believe, but it's the nature of many of these paranormal experiences. You know, okay. there really is no 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 science, scientific explanation for any of this.
0: Well, we often say some of these things are outside of science. Yes, that's as correct. anyway. Uh, And we also, another one of our our nifty slogans, today's paranormal is tomorrow's science.
2: That's that's (laughs) definitely 100% correct.
0: So you see, um, here's a, a second question from Peter, and you already began, I think, to answer this, Ray, but maybe you'd like to extrapolate. You say you were shown things. Does that mean there was a figure talking to you? If there was a figure, what did it look and sound like? Were you told where you were?
2: No, as I said before, it wasn't a a being, a physical being. It was straight information. It wasn't even a voice. Uh, it was uh, well, like a lot of people describe uh, a near-death experience. where they are getting straight information? And also in our research study, the UFO contact phenomenon, we documented hundreds of these cases where people were getting downloads, um, and these downloads were not a voice. It was just straight information, so um, I didn't know it at that time. But later on, after we did our research study, and, and also you talked to many uh, experiencers, you realize that this phenomenon is is quite common with experiencers. And um, in terms of location, uh, um, to me, I was in a multidimensional reality because uh, there was no physicality to it, except you're just focusing on seeing this wheel and what's in. Inside the wheel.
0: Okay, uh, I have one more right. question. Then we're going to let uh, Rick jump in here. Yep. Uh, the uh, I've always been fascinated by the fact that that uh, medical doctors over the years, sometimes psychologists, have called have called me more skeptical than they are. All right, but there are a number of medical doctors and psychologists and physicists and a number of other PhDs involved in the research committee of CCRI. Uh, can you tell me? why medical doctors are so interested in this subject?
2: Well, most of the medical doctors uh, that are interested in what we're doing, they fall into two categories. These are medical doctors that have researched the near-death experience phenomenon or medical doctors that have actually researched um, entheogenic uh, contact experiences. Uh, for example, uh, DMT, um psilocybin uh peyote lsd etc um we have two articles by two of these uh uh individuals that research entheogens and both of those articles compare the dmt and the uh, psilocybin experience as an NDE experience very very similar half of the people are communicating with a being that they identify as god um, and so these are, you know, hundreds of, 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 uh, of, uh, individuals that have taken these things. And they've documented them over many, many, many years. And so, um but m- most of the medical doctors that, that, that are going to be in our book, um many of them, uh, thought that ufology was, uh, was a, a whole bunch of crackpots. And I certainly understand them <clears throat> because Uh, part of me still believes that. (laughs) They're still looking at the nuts and bolts approach, and they're totally clueless as to the bigger picture. And um, and that materialist approach, uh, my perspective, is that has given us very little to be able to understand the phenomenon. So uh, let me just give you a little side story. You might not know this. I was told by Kenneth Ring, uh, who was... uh, uh, he's now in his mid 80s. He's about 85 years old. He is one of the pioneers of near death experiences. He's a PhD psychologist, professor at the University of Connecticut for for 30 more than 30 years, uh, 35 years. And um, and he told me Ray, because uh, I told him I'm going to be interviewing Raymond Moody and Dr. Jeffrey Long, and these are two uh, of the bigwigs in near death experiences. And Raymond Moody actually coined the term NDE. And so he said, look, Ray, those guys don't believe in UFOs at all. They think uh, all the people that study UFOs are all a bunch of uh, crackpots. And he says, don't even mention that, <laughs> you know. So what I did is when I was interviewing both of them in the very beginning, I was reading questions from our survey that's in our book, Beyond UFOs, and they didn't see the cover. They were just answering questions for like a half an hour. Then after a half hour, I turned the book around and they got to see the cover, Beyond UFOs. And both of their jaws dropped because they said, oh, my God, I thought you were asking NDE-related questions. <laughs> and I said, no, these are questions that we asked in our survey. And that, in fact, the NDE matches up so much with the UFO contact phenomenon. And they were clueless. They had no idea. Um, and so that's how they then began to assimilate and associate um, the the consciousness aspect of, of ufology. Uh, they just didn't know about it. So, um, but many of the doctors in there also, um, Eben Alexander, who started off as a, um, a professor of, neuro- of uh, brain surgery. He was at Harvard for 15 years, and um, and he had a major NDE. Now this man certainly understands um, that consciousness is fundamental, and that all of the contact modalities need to be studied as one phenomenon. He knows that because of his NDE. But uh, we still have a long way to go with many of the of the medical doctors. But certainly, the medical doctors that are uh, have written chapters for our book, um, they understand these concepts. But that's because they've either researched the the entheogenic phenomenon or the NDE phenomenon. Um, okay. I hope that answers your question.
0: Uh, yes, and uh, just to point out to the listeners uh, we have a great show. With Dr. Jeffrey Long, and uh, that was on uh, January 30th. It was a uh, show uh, number uh, 931 in our archives at behindtheparanormal.com, and it's on a lot of the uh, podcast apps too. So, Rick, you want to jump in here? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I just have a couple of questions um, because this is fascinating. When, when you're speaking of your experience uh, in the car, and I'm interested in this from the perspective of your experience and what you've seen out there with other cases um you mentioned that this download sort of happened there was sort of there was an astral projection somewhere and then if i'm correct there was no time loss is that when you go back in the car is that correct that's correct no no time lost i was
2: literally taken outside of time and space okay um and that usually happens with NDE experiences and astral traveling experiences. Many people that have had NDEs, like, for example, my father had an NDE, and he told me he was gone for 20 or 30 years because he said that's how long it took his uh, life review <laughs> to last because um, the being associated that he associated as God showed him all his life, and, and, and he was able to relive um, the major highlights of his life. And he said it lasted 20 to 30 years. Uh, you talk to other NDE experiencers, they said they were up there in the southern realm for months, even years at a time, but yet they might have been dead for five minutes. So, um, And also in our surveys, in the UFO uh, uh, contact uh, survey, uh, many people had the same uh, or similar experience, 50%, one out of every two people were brought to a matrix reality, okay?, And in that matrix reality, we asked like maybe 15 questions about your experience then. And and I would say the vast majority said that uh, time seemed to stop. Um, And so um, I guess a a common way of looking at this is uh, Paul knows this very well. Many people have had missing time. Like, for example, my wife had missing time in the living room. When I saw that energy being, she and the dog disappeared. I have no idea where she went. And then when I woke up and the dog was totally running around the living room healthy, I asked her, where were you? I said, look at the time. It's 7 in the morning. We woke up at 6. Where were you this last hour? She goes, I didn't go anywhere. You know, To her, it was like she had gone down the stairs. She looked down. The dog was running around the living room. That one hour that she was gone, she had no idea. So she had one hour of missing time. So these concepts are very apparent um, in these paranormal types of experiences. Uh, the missing time aspect, uh, also with astral uh, uh, travelers, people, they go out of their body and then they go into higher realms. They don't stay in the, the 4D realm where they're seeing their body underneath them and and or like remote viewing where you're dealing with your physical environment they go into other multidimensional uh, dimensions. And uh, again, these people also detail the aspect of time, that in that realm, time doesn't exist. Um, okay. And I could discuss that a little bit further, but yet this concept of uh, manipulation of space-time is one of the commonalities of all the contact modalities. All of the contact modalities involves a manipulation of space-time. And I can go into that as well as numerous other commonalities, like um, um, telepathic communication, for example. Um, Those are just two of them, but um, yes.
0: Okay, well, why why don't we take our mid-show break right now. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, with Rick Eno sitting in for Ben today. Um, WOON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnigh.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal on WON Radio, AM and FM. And we're speaking today with Ray Hernandez of the Consciousness and Contact Research Institute, a dear friend of ours who has uh, led the, uh, the quest to produce another tremendous book, 2,000-page, four-volume book on a greater reality. And also sitting in for Ben today is Rick Eno, uh, known to our open line audiences as a, a major a theological figure in the MUFON and the radio industry. And so, uh, I just wanted to, uh, point out before I turn it back to Rick, uh, that, that what Ray was talking about, uh, is, is the missing time phenomenon and, and uh, compressed time, things of this kind, is well known to, uh, the researchers of consciousness who often refer to it as perpendicular time or perpendicular consciousness streams. And, uh, the whole thing of the life review taking, going through literally every moment of your life, in what to you was 30 or 40 years and to everybody else is like a second or two, uh, is known to these people, and, you know, they interpret it in one way or
1: another. So, Rick, uh, carry on. Okay, thanks. Well, you know, as a researcher, mostly with um, encounters or encountering witnesses that have been abducted from UFOs, uh, physical objects, what's interesting about this Ray is that they usually in a UFO investigation, you can account every time for a specific period of time that they've lost. It's gone. And what you're experiencing and others have experienced is no, that time hasn't changed here in the physical universe, no matter how long you reviewed it and the feeling it in the astral uh, plane here, it wasn't a change. And I wonder, um, when I think about the two sort of modalities for um, what happens to you, isn't really abduction. It's like a download. That's what you said. so is there a commonality between these visitors that we call aliens and UFOs? Uh, and is there a common link in some of the cases with these sort of downloads and non-missing time?
2: Well, first of all, um, I don't agree in the abduction uh, phenomenon. Um, I also don't agree uh, that we need to see uh, these "quote unquote" visitors as uh, physical ETs. Um, I'm uh, of the Jacques Vallee uh, genre. I think they're a little bit more complicated than that. Also, in the the abduction phenomenon, I think that that's been a misnomer uh, laid out by. Um, the false "quote-unquote" research of Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs—that's established uh, the genre of the uh, abduction phenomenon. Uh, that's a very lengthy discussion. We can have a separate discussion on that on another day. Uh, very lengthy. Uh, but uh, what what almost all of um, the individuals involved in the organization we believe is that the UFO phenomenon is part of this uh, integrated phenomenon. Um, involving consciousness. Um, What you have with all these experiences, including the UFO phenomenon, is you have a manipulation of space-time, okay? So if these are physical beings coming from a physical planet, you know, Mars, Venus, or some unknown planet, uh, as Jacques Vallée said, a very, very long time, you know, these experiences involve a manipulation of space-time. Same thing with near-death experiences, with out-of-body experiences, astral travel and theogenic, uh, uh journeys your aunt sally uh, visits you two days after she dies uh, again you know these are manipulations of space times so you might be seeing aunt sally but aunt sally uh, does not reside in, and live in this physical 3d dimension just like these beings that uh, people are commonly calling them et's okay uh, secondly um, uh, all of these experiences involve uh, human consciousness uh, traveling to other multidimensional realities. Uh, I would argue the vast majority of these so-called abduction experiences is human consciousness traveling to another reality. Okay, um, when uh, I would say the vast majority of people that have not been primed via hypnotic aggressions, first of all, they remember very little of the actual. Uh, um, uh, traveling to another location. That's number one. And, and, and I guess that's pretty much universally understood. Uh, it's only under, uh, uh someone asking these, um, uh, questions on the hypnotic regressions that all of a sudden, you know, uh, This information starts to come out. Oh, I was on a spaceship. Oh, I did this, I did that, whatever. You know, but again, a lot of these individuals have been primed over many, many, many years of reading Whitley Strieber, of reading Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs, etc. Okay? Now, for example, uh, Kathleen Martin, Mary Rodwell, and Barbara Lamb state that over the last 10 years, they haven't met anyone that's had an abduction experiences. Okay? Yes, ask, ask Kathleen Martin. <laughs> okay? And, uh, uh, they might have here occasionally, you know, one or two people. But that's pretty much universal among the people that have been researching this phenomenon. And you can ask yourself, you know, a lot of questions. Why? Okay? One reason why is because people are now beginning to talk uh, universally about the topic of consciousness, that uh, this phenomenon is not necessarily a physicalist phenomenon, but a conscious based phenomenon. So a lot of people get influenced by what they read and what they listen to. And I think, uh, like Whitley Strieber, for example, um, Kathleen Martin is another example. She started off writing the book Captured, okay, about, you know, an abduction phenomenon. Now she just wrote a book about uh titled from, Abductions to spirituality. She's all love and light. Okay. Uh, Whitley Straber talked about communion and anal probes. Okay. Now he prays to these beings that gave him spirituality. Okay. And allowed him to talk to his deceased wife. And his thre- last three books have all been about that topic, love and light. Okay. What we determined was that close to over 90% of these individuals, um, uh, that had an abduction Experience all of a sudden turned into love and light. People, okay? Well, These gonna, are thousands of people.
0: I'm going to jump in here for a minute. Yeah, and with all due uh, due respect to Aunt Sally, um, everybody <laughs> on the research committee has, has investigated cases or run into cases where there there are what we we would call crossover phenomena. Things yep. like you know, you had a, a UFO experience or a contact, and then uh, a week later you have poltergeist. Stuff going on in your yes, house. Yes. Uh, Kathleen Martin
2: uh, sent, as a matter of fact, we were in communication with Brent Rains, and you know who Brent Rains sure. is. Sure. Okay? He's and, of the show. and, and, yeah, friends of the show, friends of both of us. And, and in that, uh, what had happened was that Brent had sent, uh, Kathleen a document which was written in the late 60s by, um, one of the main librarians at the Library of Congress. And it was all about UFOs. And, the the uh, which is a, a literature review of all the books that have been written about UFOs and and part of her introduction was that this this is so much uh, like a paranormal phenomenon you're, you're you're having all types of paranormal experiences and so Kathleen Martin thanked Brent for that and said almost all of my UFO um, abduction experiences cases involves paranormal experiences afterwards. Uh, Like in my case, I I called down a huge UAP, and then it was four years of nonstop um, paranormal experiences. So, yes, um, I I, I agree with that, that both of these phenomena should be linked. But as you know, the field of ufology only recently has come to appreciate that component of the phenomenon.
0: That's true. Uh, It's very interesting that uh, a friend of mine sent me just the other day a clip from uh, former CIA director John Brennan, which I had never seen before. And he's actually talking, and he seems kind of embarrassed about it. He's looking down at the floor about uh, alternate, alternate new forms of life and hinting around about the existence of a multiverse, metaverse, interdimensionality, all the things we've been talking about. Uh, so and I've always suspected that the government knows all about this, and that's the big secret. You know, if, if um, you know, we're all, you know, we all grew up with, you know, Mr. Spock and Planet of the Apes. And I think we'd be perfectly fine with somebody visiting from some other planet. But if they're right next to you all the time, all possibilities, all good, all bad, that would scare the daylights out of people, and rightly so. I think that's that's the big secret.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with you. It, it, this the 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 big news is not UFO disclosure. The the big news is that there exists um, alternate realities, um, you know, higher dimensions of reality, whatever you might want to call it. Um, and, and let me just give you a very very clear illustration of this Paul. Um, we have. Throughout the history of of free and now CCRI, we've had many PhD uh, physicists involved with our organizations. Um, not all of them, but I would say the majority were some type of experiencers. And um, and I'll I'll tell you what Rudy Shields told me, and this is exactly what these other PhD physicists told me. They said, "Ray, if you get a PhD today in theoretical physics, you will become an adherent to a multiverse theory." Okay. Yep. So that means if you get a PhD in theoretical physics today at any of the major universities in the world, you're going to come out knowing, not believing, but knowing that there are multi, multiple dimensions, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, Rudy and, and, and,
0: being a uh, Harvard cosmologist.
2: Correct. Uh, uh, um, emeritus Professor uh, of Astrophysics at Harvard astrophysics, University. Right. And, and and so um, Michio Kaku is the most famous uh, um, string theorist. But uh, half of MIT are string theorists, you know, the theoretical physicists, and they hold right that there are either eleven or twelve dimensions. Okay, so this is right next door to you, you know, in, in Boston, uh, sure. saying that you know our reality is a multidimensional reality, and so definitely the government knows about this because they contract out with these uh, scientists for numerous types of uh, of papers and documents yeah, and experiments. Yeah, so. so do you. Yeah, so you know they, they get billions of dollars all around the United States and research funds, you know, uh, these physics departments. So they know this phenomena, but the average Joe Schmo out in the street doesn't know this, you know. Or
1: well, if, think about, if yeah, think about it, Ray. Um, <clears throat> you can control the internet, right? You can't control consciousness. I mean, the government can't do that. Nobody, I believe, could. But if you don't acknowledge a consciousness and you have what is today a modern Internet, which is all electronics and physical, it's controlled, what you see, what you don't see, what you understand, and so forth, and you're in constant contact, you have no time for consciousness. So you don't develop that. But if everyone focused on developing their consciousness, how do you block the consciousness highway once someone's tapped into it? You can't. It's
2: not, yeah, it, it's the, the, the whole realm of this new mindset of thought, of consciousness. It's, um, uh, think of it as someone that's already had a near death experience. These people are totally transformed. Okay? Um, they no longer, uh, believe that being wealthy is, is, is important. They become deeply spiritual. They don't fear death. They become much more ecologically friendly, that we need to, uh, protect our planet. They become much more loving and caring. Okay? And these are not, um, uh, components of uh, of a greedy capitalist, you know, uh, society, you know, and, and 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 there's very little control mechanism because the reality is not external; the reality is internal. Okay, that we are eternal spiritual beings, and that you're actually um, uh, preparing yourself for the afterlife uh, by being a good person in this physical life. And so, um, um, so it's a different mindset, um, and, and certainly not, not controllable. So, yes, I would agree with that concept. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that has always come up in my research, mainly because I was burned by it very early on in the 70s, was the notion of what are we talking to and are, is, are they what they appear to be in these contact modalities, if I may use the term, uh, and, um. Are they, do they have, really have our best interests at heart? Now from the results of many of these contacts, uh, as you say, right, that the great spirituality is awakened, uh, many good things have come of it. Other things lead to dead ends. So how, in your opinion, should all of us, uh, differentiate and avoid the tricksters, if you will? Mm. Okay, I, I think the
2: tricksters, um, from my perspective, are the individuals that are spreading misinformation and disinformation. I think the tricksters uh, are you going to uh, 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 a website or these UFO conferences and listen to these lecturers. You know, these people are totally clueless about the phenomenon, hmm. talking about, you know, Rendlesham Forest and Roswell for the 5,000th time, you know, or this new Tic Tac video and <laughs> things of that sort. Uh, I I think those are the tricksters. Um, There is an element in in this, um, um, uh, as you know, um, uh, uh, of of negativity to some of this phenomenon, Um, and we could discuss that uh, in a second. But first of all, I just want to say that our research study was 4,300 people from over 125 countries that had UFO contact experiences. And what we discovered was that initially 37% of these individuals viewed their experiences as negative, uh, as frightening primarily in the beginning. But yet the majority of these people had continued experiences. And then over time, just like Whitley Strieber and Kathleen Martin, their experiences became much more positive, much more spiritual, much more benevolent. So by the end, when they took uh, the survey, only 4% perceived their experiences as negative, okay? And on top of that, these experiences were highly transformative for the positive, as I alluded to before. Um, people didn't care about money, They became much more spiritual, much more ecological, much more loving, they didn't fear death, etc., etc., etc. We asked over 70 questions and we duplicated the research findings of Dr. Kenneth Ring that uh, concluded that the NDE phenomenon is a reciprocal of the abduction phenomenon because he asked these same questions to 85 NDE experiencers and 85 abductees. And what did he find out? That these people changed in exactly the same way. So we asked those questions, and what did we find out? The same exact uh, conclusion that Dr. Kenneth Ring did in 1996, uh, except our, uh, we did our research study um, between 2013 and 2017. Uh, uh, so same exact findings. Um, but, however, there is this component of, uh, like uh, what you have mentioned in, in some of your books, of these uh attachments, you know, these spiritual attachments, whatever you might want to call it. Um and 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 again, you could only speculate about what this is, but we have in our book three particular experiencers that have had this phenomena. One is a retired school teacher, one is this man that owned um an insurance company, a, a very well-off businessman. And then um um uh, this other uh, uh person uh I forgot exactly what her occupation was but these are all college graduates and um they talked about this phenomenon of of attachments and it was negative um and so yes uh, that yeah, that the guys yes or- Parasites. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Parasites is the term that that Paul had used, and and so that phenomenon is very real. The experiencers uh, have have spoken about it, but I don't want the audience members out there to think that that these are as common as you know the other phenomenon that we're talking about. What we discovered, it was a very tiny percent of the individuals that had these experiences, but they appeared to be very real from the people that i spoken with and from the details of their...
1: So, um, uh, yeah. where does that fit in? Uh, and what I mean by that is, if you have these negative experiences, you have these parasites, uh, Paul's done research in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and uh, a host of others, but... I mean, so those experiences we have documented, and I understand you've documented them too. My question, in this world of light and love, where does the parasite fit in? Is it, is it an evil piece to this? Is it the dark side? What's the interpretation? Well, I'll tell you what my personal interpretation
2: is, and again, it's just speculation, okay? Because there really aren't, you know, thousands of cases for you to, you know, do in-depth interviews Structured surveys and you know, yeah, dwell into these things. But my personal perspective is that uh, the human um, consciousness, when it dies, um, normally it goes up and uh, to the supreme mind of God and integrates with with Source. Okay, um, many people that do astral traveling. Tons of people that do astral traveling talk about that uh, before you get to the higher source, there are um, human consciousness that did not make that journey. Okay, that are still stuck in these astral planes, and many of these uh, human consciousness might be so attached to our physical reality that they might bleed into our reality, and and um, and uh, might have influence over our thoughts, our consciousness, our way of thinking. And just like we, we see Aunt Sally, and Aunt Sally might telepathically communicate with their, their nephew, you know, um, and and other types of intelligence, uh, other hierarchies of, from other realms, like perceived angels um, uh, and other types of beings travel down uh, from other astral realms into our 3D reality. I think that, uh, whatever this intelligence is, and my, my hypothesis is that these are individuals that did not make the full journey to go back. Okay? Now that's just my
1: uh, hy- hypothesis. Yeah. Are they upset in coming back and like terrorizing the victims of it? Like, and I, you may not, of course it's a, it's a broad open question, but like, my idea of the parasite is, it's, 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 it's negative energy, it's feeding off of something, uh, or it wants to eat something negative, if I can put it in those terms. And when you mentioned someone not making the full journey, could that, why would that be? Could that possibly be they were quote unquote bad people or not ready and they've come back to terrorize or, well, I, I
2: think those people that did not make the full journey, uh, these are people that still had some type of attachment to the physical reality. Now, the the parasites is is another component. I think. Okay, uh, there are some people that are just you know, from the day they're born, you know, they're they're out to do nothing that uh, uh, with love. You know, these are just you know bad souls. You know and um, and then these people uh for whatever reason uh these uh, uh human consciousness I, I should say for whatever reason have managed to bleed back and interact with our reality and um, and and so uh, uh so I, I again this is separate from the people that have died that didn't make the full journey like right. a little uh a child for example that might have been raped and then killed herself you know, she's not going to be one of these parasites, but she's hanging in, in this limbo type of environment. Because a lot of people that do astral traveling, they've talked about, uh, trying to get these, uh, human consciousness, souls, whatever you might want to call it, and bring them back to source. Like saying, look, go through the light. Here's where you're going. These are the, uh, the major, uh, experiencers of astral traveling. And there aren't that many in, in the world, but there are quite a few. And I've spoken to many of them and they talk about that. That particular phenomenon, uh, but again, uh, anyone's guess is, is is a great guess because. Uh we know very little about this phenomenon. There are some. Uh, Paul has done some case studies on this, but I'm sure he can tell you. You know, he hasn't done thousands of these case studies and been able to administer questions to these people, statistical studies, and in-depth interviews, and sure. and, and fill up you know uh, several books on this topic. It's it's uh, it's ripe for exploration. You know.
0: Okay, I think we have time for one more brief question, uh, <clears throat> and we're kind of backing up a little bit, Ray. How would you define a ufo contact experience when we stood in pennsylvania bunch of us and and got on video this i'm sure you've seen that this is this really strange thing in the sky for about three minutes was that a ufo contact experience or do you have to have actual contact with uh, whoever or whatever is controlling these things well um well a lot of people don't uh...
2: realize is that uh, there's thousands of people all around the world that are going outside their house. They're either praying, they're meditating, or just uh, calling, a loving calling, down to see UFO intelligence, and and usually within a short period of time, they appear, okay? And um, my dear friend, Dr. Joseph Brooks, calls it human-initiated contact experiences, Um and other people prefer the term CE5, and I don't like that term. That's a marketing term used yeah. by this uh, marketer outside there to, to pocket millions of dollars on the phenomenon. And um, so I prefer the term HICE, Human Initiated Contact Experiences. And, um, and what I believe they are, uh, I believe they're holographic projections and maybe after the break I could uh, uh, go back in detail why I think that, and that's also the opinion of Dr. Joseph Burks. He wrote a paper uh, for our new book uh, saying that um, uh, we live inside of virtual reality and that the UFO phenomenon is part of that phenomenon and that what we're seeing are actually holograms, and I agree with that.
0: Okay. Uh, we're just about out of time, but Ray, tell us when the book is coming out, how people can get it.
2: Uh, the book uh, will be coming out August 1st. Um, send me an email and I will send you free chapters from our first book, Beyond UFOs, at least half of it. Uh, I'll send you over 350 pages. And then from our new book, I'll be sending you uh, six chapters from our new book. Uh, the name of the book is A Greater Reality. My email is info, I-N-F-O, at a greater reality.com. so that's info at a greater reality dot com We also have a website which is still under construction, but you could take a look at it as the names of the titles of the uh, of the authors and the articles that are going to be in our book and our website is a okay,
1: very good well, Rick, why don't you take us away with our announcements of course. If you're into Alien Crunch ice cream or Oswell burgers and spaceship chips, you're in luck. The Exeter, the Exeter UFO Festival returns in September at the historic Exeter, New Hampshire Town Hall over the weekend. That's September 3rd and 4th. This is a great event, and the whole downtown gets involved. It's sponsored by the Exeter Area Qantas Club to benefit local children's charities. Along with ourselves, speaker, that would be Ben, not me, uh, <laughs> We'll include Kathleen Martin, Peter Robbins, Jennifer Stein, Bob Terrio, Mike Stevens, Ellen Nickerson, Valerie Lafaso, Mike Maloney, and two new faces, Sean and Joss, I'm going to try to say La Genesee. Uh, La Genesi. and actually I just
0: got word that they aren't going to be able to be there, so that's my okay. fault on the script. There.
1: No worries. The subject of Paul and Ben's talk will be time storms, with the thanks to the great uh, British researcher uh, Jenny Randalls, who coined the term. Uh, They plan to do their traditional live broadcast from the event on Sunday with a panel of the speakers. This is a very fun event, so join them if you can. Visit uh, ExeterUFOFestival.org
0: for more details. And visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com where you can find over 1,100 hours of our regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008 from CBS Radio, Achieve Radio, right here on WON, AM, and FM, including shows that have been restored in the archives there. Uh also hear many of these broadcasts on major podcast platforms, including <coughs> iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You can also download our show app. It's uh, free. It uh, doesn't do a lot, but it will give you all these... Uh, uh, links to the the shows as we uh, put them up uh, after they're recorded. And uh, you can also find out more on the website about our cases over the years, about ourselves, how to book us, and things of that kind. So, uh, Rick, talk oh, about
1: our you, charities. Sure, and I will say that that app is very, very easy to use. So please don't uh, The website has uh, a charity page with links to several good causes they've adopted, including... Hope for Hillsdale Cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts, USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Helping Hades Orphans, uh, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, the Sisterhood of Ground Zero, and most recently, the Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund. So what do we have around the corner for next week? Next week, June 26th, Ben will be back. And the guest will be UFO researcher and author Preston Dennett on The Abduction of Dolly, an amazing case from Florida, and Dolly herself may even be here. And that that will really carry on from the discussion we had
0: today about these uh, utopian world's contact modalities, uh, the spiritualization of the whole thing, and it's uh, really will, will fit right in with our discussion today. So we'll leave you today, today with a dynamic thought from our good friend and occasional co-host, astronomer Mark D'Antonio, And I spoiled it early on by using the quote, Today's paranormal is tomorrow's science. Well worth saying uh, again. I'm Paul Eno.
1: And I'm Rick Eno, sitting in for Ben. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you this time next week on Behind the Paranormal.
0: Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of... Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.